Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles of the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, trashlings, and welcome back to another episode of Space Trash. Lost us. rich and Uranus. And I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Malshine. And two daughters of New Jersey are gathered here today. <laughs> kind of to discuss the reunion, but really to do a deep dive on Teresa and Melissa's birth charts. So Sarah, you asked me a question before yeah. we started recording. Would you like to repeat the question? Yeah, I'm just wondering from your expert housewives and daughter of New Jersey perspective, what are these people on? Like, what are these people medicating with? Nothing. They are raw dogging life. You think this is literally just them like on natural? On natural. Like maybe hungover, but on it. Like they're not on. They're not taking pills. Here's the thing that I think everyone, including ourselves, needs to understand. Sarah, you and I are both from New Jersey, but we are from... It's a tale of two jerseys. 1,000. Yeah, like this is like, I don't see these people out. Yeah, I do. This is who I grew up with. I grew up with crazy ass Italians. Okay. And you grew up with rich people who got priced out of the Upper West Side. Literally, right. Big difference. Big difference. Wealthy, super diverse artist community. You're actually in more of the heart of where some of these fist fights might occur. Exactly. Like, although Bergen County is really close to me, which is, I think, where they all live. But still, that's like, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's like you vibe. get past a certain point of Northeast Jersey where you're not getting really the New York City commuters anymore. And and this is kind of a central thing. I was just talking about I'm going to reference my Bravo Babes group chat a few times today. Shout out, babes. There are some other... Some other sons and daughters <laughs> of New Jersey that we who who love to talk about all the Bravo shows. We were just talking about like how the show really needs a revamp. And the thing is, like, like your type of New Jersey would also be a very interesting reality show. The rich ladies yes. who live in North Jersey, who are a little classier, a little bit more mild mannered. But the thing is, wouldn't that just be Real Housewives of New York City, but with a lawn with lawns? Like, yeah. And I think that the biggest thing about like, if it was in my area, I think because it's like such a specifically PC community that like the biggest fights you'd see would be like somebody like somebody trying to win against the person who's been the head of the school board or and the like PTA not respecting the whole time, the, like not respecting pronouns or something. Right. Like it's I'm from a very like. It's like a chic New York City, but like slightly granola town. It's not granola in the the way that we use granola usually, but like it's. But it, yeah, like, I get what you're saying. There's like gay flags in front of all of the churches. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the reason why the other thing about New Jersey is like it's sort of society has progressed past the need for a Real Housewives of New Jersey because. We'll say more. The show began at a moment when Jersey was that girl. Like, 
The Sopranos was on. Jersey Shore was on. That was two complete opposite ends of the pop culture spectrum being dominated by these two Jersey juggernauts. It made sense to have a Real Housewives of New Jersey. The Manzos were, everyone knew they were mobbed up. Everyone knew like it was a question, like it was an unspoken thing when you were watching that first season, which husbands are mobbed up, which ones aren't, how many, how connected are they, if at all, that was kind of the fun of it. And then now it's just devolved into this family feud and these fake fights between all the other ladies. And it's kind of getting to a place of like, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Family fight is exactly what it's become. It is. For anybody Jersey listening, it's not to say that Bergen County is not full of city commuters as well. It's it just, it's hard to explain the difference. It's more opulent. What do you mean? Vulgar? Vulgar. It's like more McMansions. It's more like, like Greco style. You think we're in the Mediterranean? Like just have a normal, have a colonial, chill out. Yeah. Everyone sees the houses. Yeah, the houses on Jersey are ridiculous. When they go down the shore, they're going to my town a lot of the time. Like they mentioned Bayhead, where my parents live on one of the reunion episodes. Like I am super tapped in to this way of life, not these specific people, but like I definitely grew up knowing people, babysitting for people who are like super rich and Italian and you can't really tell what the dad's job actually is. One hundred percent. Bayhead's not like that at all. Bayhead's not like that at all. Bayhead is wasp preppy central. Like we don't get those, you know, Staten Island, North Jersey type people. We get people that are part of the yacht club that are like, right. It's it's like a um coastal grandma aesthetic in Bayhead. That's exactly what it is. It's pretty chic. The houses on the beach are beautiful. Yeah, it's not McMansiony, but it's like the people who live there year round, like the people that are more from like Point Pleasant, Bricktown, Tom's River. Like those are kind of the people that are, you know, a, a little more Real Housewives adjacent, Real Housewives-esque. The, the people like Bayhead and the neighboring town Manilokin are a, true anomalies. It makes no sense that it would be this like it's it's got an old it's got an old money vibe, which is not to say that my family has that whatsoever because we do not. Like a lot of Buckler people have homes in Bayhead. Yeah, it's a classier vibe when you're up by the beach. When the the Bennies who come to Bayhead are there, they are a cut above. I will say that. Yeah, they are still trash people. They still treat everyone like shit, but like they they have a better aesthetic. And thank God. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's preppy. So I don't know. But anyone who's not from New Jersey is probably bored already. Indeed. Indeed. So so let's get into the actual discussion of the reunion. So what, like, as you're watching this, were there anything, any questions that came into your mind besides what drugs are they on? I really don't think that any of them are on drugs. Like, they're not medicated. They're literally just like this. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. I mean, Louis is so red. I just think he's that red. Louis is so red. That's what I'm saying, right? He looks like his circulation is like not going that well. He simply is that red. Like if you go to Gold's Gym in Point Pleasant, you will see 20 (laughs) of that guy. And it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and people, people love to say that everyone on Housewives is on Coke, but I'm just like, I don't think these 40 and 50 year olds are on Coke during the day. Well, I don't think they're messing with their nose jobs. Yeah. Like it's that'll ruin your nose job. I just think they're that crazy. Like people are this fucking crazy and red. <laughs> red. <laughs> well, the one big question I have is the only time that it got silent in all of the reunions was when they brought up Dolores's son working for Louie. 
And then it all went like silent. What are they not saying? I know. I know. For, for them all to go silent is like. What? Yeah. Frank Sr. Frank Catania Sr. Said in the flashback, they closed the company. Frankie, the son, had no idea what was going on. He said, Dad, what do I do? Louie's not answering his calls. Like, apparently, it sounds like what happened was based on what Frank Sr. said. Frank Jr. had a job with Louie's company. God knows what the company is. They never revealed that. And it's his first job out of college, really. And one day, the company just went away. And, like, Louie did not answer the phone and did not tell him what was going on. So that is really weird, especially when it's your friend's kid. But Dolores, of course, is trying to play this down. And she's like, Louie gave him a job and we're grateful. So then, of course, this brings back echoes of like the first couple seasons where you're like, what kind of weird intimidation behind the scenes is going on that Dolores is so terrified to talk about this? Yeah. Or genuinely, she just doesn't want to talk about her kid's employment because it is a fucking red flag for an, a future employer to be like whatever happens with this business it could get talked about on bravo you know right that was a moment where i did feel like there was sincere good-natured silencing going on when you know i think it was andy was like dolores like what are you getting so upset about and she's like i don't want to talk about my kid yeah and it was like okay that's actually totally within your rights and probably correct it's valid yeah it, it makes sense why she doesn't want to talk about it. But then Joe Gorga, after Dolo is like, I don't want to talk anything about my son. Frankie has a good job and that's it. Which was so funny. So Jersey mom. Frankie has a good job and that's it. I, I just love So Dol Jersey mom. I love Dolores so much. Yeah, she might be my favorite. After, after all this, I'm like, she's my favorite. Yeah, she's the best. But then Joe Gorga, after that goes, is that what happened, Louie? And it's silent. Silent. Louis did not provide a single explanation for this. And this is what's kind of the red flag about it. And these are where we can notice patterns because Louis is a master manipulator. We can notice the patterns. Here's one pattern. Uh, Louis seeming to ghost people on business yeah. deals. When they explained the Pizzagate business deal, Gorga said, I called him and tried to talk to him about this deal that was my idea that he's sort of commandeered for Teresa and he didn't answer any of my calls. So I had no idea what was going on. So it's like Louis is he, it sounds like he's a real businessman. It sounds like he's a wheeler and dealer. And then it's like, well, how come all these, every business we've heard of that's affiliated with you has gone bust and you're not answering anyone's calls about it. And you're not offering explanations for why these businesses are going bust. Like, these are just facts, right? Yeah, and to me, it's a red flag that, like, okay, if this is his pattern and these are kind of shady people in whatever way, fine. Don't involve other people's kids. Exactly. But, like, that's where it gets really weird, where it's like, okay, like, I don't really mind. You know, I love criminal behavior, but, like, I don't... <laughs> Like, I don't mind a little criminal behavior. I mind a little criminal behavior when you involve someone else's children or your own children. Right. You're not going to bring my daughter to TJ Maxx with you to shoplift tarot cards. Right. I'm not going to. Right. Right. I'm not going to, like, teach her the ins and outs of, like, how to get by. Like, it's like, like, right, right. Like, exactly. But the problem is, Sarah, you're not a true criminal. Like, no, Louis, no. It, I, Louis seems to be, like, a true criminal. 
he's a con artist. Like Fuda called him. Fuda said, you're a con man. I don't want to hear it from you. Wow, like at, yeah. one of the parts at the end when they were kind of talking over each other, he's like, you're a con artist. Like, I don't want your apology. Like he doesn't see what he's doing as crimes. He doesn't have any allegiance to the truth or any morality whatsoever. Right. I mean, they, they just keep showing him these clips of him saying that he's friends with Bo Deedle and Bo Deedle has info on them. And he has no explanation for why he said that. And this is where I get annoyed with Andy too, because this is the same thing that happened with VPR reunion. Yeah. He never presses him on it. He's not like, Louis, why did you say twice that you were in contact with Bo Deedle about this? Like, why did you say it? And Bo, Bo Deedle, the the detective? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, it is sort of like a threat. Yeah, he said he said at a party one time angrily, Bo Deedle's got information on all of you. They showed the flashback in this episode. And then the next morning, Jen and Dolores are over at Teresa's and he reiterates in the in the bright light of day that Bo Deedle has got a dossier on each of these women. And, and then at the reunion, he's like, no, none of that is true. And then Bo Deedle also even came out with a statement where he was like, none of this is true. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously a, p- a private investigator isn't going to be like, yeah, I've been researching you. Like, like he's a private investigator. He's going to lie about it. Like sort of, they're they're going to not tell you there. That's like the whole thing. He's going to keep it private. They're undercover. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny though, thinking that I didn't even think of that right, but like for Louis to be, outing like it's sort of like yeah it goes against whatever you have him investigating by telling everyone they're being like the whole point of an investigation is that it's it remains subtle until they actually have something to yeah i wouldn't advertise hey i got a private detective to follow you guys it's like well it's not that private anymore lou right that's what's so weird about him but the other thing is i also got annoyed that no one pressed Everyone on the left couch had brought packets of information and proof with them for for why they think that Louis has been investigating them. And I wanted to see the proof because I'm like, like, okay, the thing with um, for instance, Fuda, his his first son's mother being brought to light. I mean, yeah, maybe that was because Louis hired an investigator to find her, but it was also a report in the Sun, the US Sun. Like, that's what also reporters do. And it's also not really right. it's not that hard. Like, that's not really a smoking gun that it was Louis's fault that this woman was brought back in. But then, like, Fuda was kind of implying that that there was some sort of paper trail because of Louis's alleged investigator contacting the woman in jail because those those are public records. So it's like, I want to know right. why that, why, you know, for sure that that person was connected to Louie. Right. You know, like we never really got the concrete information about it. And like, they were also saying that there's, there's been hate campaigns online and it's like, okay, if you have proof that that's not just real psycho Teresa fans, we want to see the proof, but like, I think it's just real fans of the show, you know, like, yeah, the VPR scandal, all scandal, not only revived a dying show, but like revived. I don't know. It's a real Chiron story because it's like, even though people are getting hurt and there's hurting involved and it's come from a hurt place, it actually did heal like the franchise. And I think in many ways, this whole like reality, because what I'm trying to say is I became after that more interested in Andy all of a sudden. So I was listening to interviews that he was giving in retrospect about the VPR reunion. And one of the things that was helpful to hear was just how much actually does get cut. 
like even though we're there for four hours with them believe it or not they're there for six hours kind of like the space trash podcast like like yeah and it was all tv like it's like you always are overshooting so my only thought is maybe they that he is trying to have those conversations and either they just don't make sense or something becomes like a legal you know issue or i don't know i but i i just can't imagine that andy is that asleep at the wheel because he does know what the fuck he's doing. I just, I think that like, it must be the kind of thing where they do try to go down these paths. And then for whatever reason, either it's like worse television than this already was, or there's, they, they come upon some reason why it would be a liability to talk about. I think he might've gotten, and like the people in charge in general might've gotten bad advice at some point of someone saying what the fans are interested in is not the facts. They're interested in the emotions of the fight yeah, because that's what he focuses on. Like he will silence someone to hear someone else's side of the story only to let them have a chance to kind of get a quip in. But like, it's, it's never, he's never saying, wait, stop. I want to understand the factual timeline of what happened. Having said that he did do that with the pizza oven thing, which I was extremely grateful for because we've all been trying to figure out this pizza oven Michigas for months. So with the pizza ovens, I also still don't understand why Louie has the oven sitting in a warehouse. Like you created a product, you shot the promo materials, you bought $110,000 worth of pizza ovens, which (laughs) just proves that you're a completely idiotic business. (laughs) A lot of pizza ovens for a lot of money. Could probably get one from 20 grand on Facebook Marketplace. Right. Like it's crazy that he spent that <laughs> much money and then he just decided not to go through with it anymore. And then when Andy was like, Well, why didn't you, why don't you just release the ovens? Teresa's like, Because my brother will be so annoying about it. And it's like, Since when do you, what? Like, why would you, why would you, you're six figures in the hole, according to you. But see, that's where like mob stuff could very well be going on because. Like we were saying, even um, what were we talking about? My oh, like funny girl might have been a front, like get money laundering scheme. Like I yeah, sort of yeah. feel like the pizza ovens, the revival, not the original, the revival, the Broadway. Yes. Don't see it. Don't see it. Do not. That's a gift for you, non patrons. But like, I feel like maybe there's just more going on, and they like needed to put money somewhere legally i mean because yeah the family feud aspect is i think the through line of this entire show so like could it be because Teresa's is just trying to remain in a fight with her family okay sure that's sort of her mo even though she says that's not what she wants but it obviously is what she wants but like i don't know yeah the money stuff it's sort of like like he is such a louis is such a shade ball and when things don't add up in that way there's just got to be something else going on yeah or there was no hundred thousand dollar investment to begin with right or there are no ovens or yeah like or it was a hypothetical investment and like like clearly they both of these boneheads revealed that they did not have a written agreement about this like who does that? Who does that? Who has a, someone like if your brother-in-law came to or one of or just someone who's tangentially related to your family said to you, hey, I have an idea uh, for a business. Would you go out and just drop six figures on that business idea without ever talking to that person about it again? Not unless it was like I was drug running or something. <laughs> right. Like it's so- like unless I was like, yeah, unless it was super fucking shady. It simply doesn't add up. So this 
reunion versus the others, did you feel like between Melissa and Teresa, this was like par for the course? Were you surprised by anything? It was absolutely standard, bog standard for the way that these two women on the show operate. Um, It was completely standard for the way Joe Gorga operates. And Louie is the new wrench that's been thrown in that seems to be like, okay, Teresa and Melissa have not screamed at each other like this in years. Like this is kind of, they're in a, they're in probably the worst place we've ever seen them, but like the real toxicity seems to be coming from this completely batshit business activity and investigation activity that is right. seems to be caused by Louie. Like that is the part that's kind of like, yeah. but the thing is like Teresa's ex-husband, Joe Giudice also had beef with Melissa and Joe and hated them. And like, he would say even worse things about them. He would make fun of their appearance. He would say like, and that's, what's so scary about Louie is like with Giudice, you were like, what you see is what you get. This guy's an animal. He's, he's terrible. He hates women. He treats his wife like shit and he's getting her thrown in jail. Like case closed is who he is. But with Louie, Louie is like, Louie is co-opting therapy language in this really scary way that, and, and then like he, one minute he's making points actually, like at one point he said to Melissa, this is between the two of them. She's trying to talk to her brother She's communicating with her brother. You and I need to stay out of it. And that's like, yeah, wow. Like, really good point. And then three seconds later, he's like, watch out. Your day will come. Like, literally just threatening people on television. So you're just like, what? Very specific 21st century amalgamation of terror is this man using these therapy buzzwords and tactics to be an even bigger like con man than he would have been able to if he had just stayed whatever he was before. Yeah. The other moment that I will just say, and then we can get into the astrology that was surprising to me was when Teresa actually called Gia. Oh God. I know. At Coachella. Like what a weird, I don't know, like stop involving the kids. It was Coachella. <laughs> that was what Teresa said. She said, Gia's at Coachella. I had to rewind it. Cause I was like, sh- Wait, that's so amazing. Coachellas. That's funny. She called Gia Coachellas. I mean, the thing is, I don't know who who do you believe? Do you think Gia called and said, you can do better than Melissa? I think I actually, Louis again did for the third time in the episode, he played Monday morning quarterback on a previous statement. He said, oh, well, in the heat of the moment, you know, Gia might have said that, but what she he, he was like, she told me in the kitchen last week, if she said he could do better, what she meant was you can do better in the eyes of your parents. Like you're better than this, not you can do better than Melissa, which even though that came from Louie's mouth, that kind of rings true to me. I mean, I think for all intents and purposes, aside from the beef, Melissa is a catch for Joe. Yeah. And I, I think Gia is too smart to hand them a gift like that like right for her to say bald-faced you can do better than your wife she knows she would know that that was going to make it to television and make her look terrible so even if she thought it right I don't think she would be dumb enough to say it you know yeah I agree I, th- I think it was about like the way that the wedding was being handled in the family not yeah that Melissa was what they're disappointed about and the thing is like I don't think Joe is necessarily lying, but I do think 
he's twisting it up in his own head what she meant when she used the phrase you can do better because to like Joe and Melissa have a history of absolutely latching on to any perceived wrongdoing on Teresa's part and beating her over the head with it and she does a lot of stuff wrong but like they are just as bullheaded and unforgiving as she is and like I I do think it they are the ones that are bringing the kids into it more than Teresa is but I also think Gia's dying to be in it like Teresa has been parentifying Gia since she went to camp which is what Teresa called prison for years (laughs) (laughs) Teresa and Gia have a completely enmeshed yeah like messed up relationship so like it's not surprising that Gia is getting involved in adult business she is also an adult now so I don't know right and she was sort of like groomed for this yeah so I don't think either side is lying necessarily I mean in a way I feel like Gia could revive the franchise like at least she's like genuinely young and attractive yeah I just I don't know. I don't want to see more of the Teresa family. It's just too much screaming at each other. Like, yeah. it is bad television. I had to take an Advil after both, like, last week and this week's New Jersey reunion. By the end of it, I was like, I felt like I had been in a fight. Like, I, I felt like I'd been in, like, the, the washing machine. Like, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. even Andy was getting so frustrated. And, like, in the interviews, Andy was talking about how part of why he did those one-on-one interviews with Raquel and Ariana and Tom Sandoval before the reunion specifically was because she he was like I was sure that Raquel would like walk off and threaten not to return so I wanted to get all of that conversation in it's like no they held it together but Teresa can't seem to not like when he's like I've been through this enough that I've seen all the stop-offs it's like you've seen Teresa stop off every freaking time <laughs> like it's Teresa why everybody's afraid that people are gonna stop off during reunions Teresa and Joe both have horrific anger problems and they definitely get it from their dad, Nano, who enjoys the same benefit of old age that Queen Elizabeth II did, <laughs> which is we only saw him as a cute old man. And right. whenever they talk a little bit about their childhood or the way that Nano was, you're like, oh, shit, this guy had serious issues. You're like, no, no. And he didn't speak to his sister for 20 years over something like a $500 loan. Whoa. So this runs in the family. They're passing it down. Clearly, Joe and Teresa, they are like deeply engaged with each other. I get the sense that they do love each other. However, their expression of love, toxic or whatever, comes through. Like, this is their version of loving each other. You get the sense that they want to be in relationship. Yeah. Or I do. Yeah, it's just they don't know how to do it healthily. That wasn't modeled for them with their parents. And it's crazy because like, even with their dad, no, no, he came over to America. So did his sister, even though they were both immigrants in America in the same town or maybe like a couple towns away, didn't speak. That's insane. That's like so painful. That's yeah, like- Olympic level grudge holding. And Teresa cuts out everyone in her life that we've seen on the show. We don't really see a lot of people who are with her from the beginning that she never, I mean, except for Dolores, but Dolores seems to be drifting a little from Teresa. Like over the last couple seasons, she, she used to be full on like Teresa's toady. And now she kind of isn't as much. So it's like, you also get into this thing where you're like, okay, if you are the the lowest common denominator of all these broken relationships, 
than what's going on. What do they always say? Like, if you have a problem with everyone, then you might be the problem. Yeah. Do you think that Dolores and Teresa's relationship started to change partially because of Louis's presence or was it before that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is what they say about like abusive relationships too, right? That like the minute that you go all in with somebody who is a narcissist or who is, I mean, I don't want to like label him, but like- Why we can label him. It's a TV character. This is the new thing. Everyone's always like, don't armchair diagnose. We all do. Whatever. We're not professionals. Right, right. We all we, do. Okay, whatever. Okay, yeah. We're like, it's fine. So, yeah. If I can armchair act, I, can, <laughs> I just feel like that is what they say about abusive relationships where it's like, it all is like beautiful, like flowers and roses and birds and sunshine and rainbows at first. And then you start to disconnect from all of the people in your life that you were close to. I feel like he is literally in, like living that. He's showing us, oh, this is how it happens. And he barely even has to make any effort to isolate her from her friends because he is right. so crazy. He's a walking, he's a walking red flag. Yeah, he's so hateable. The way that he lashes out at people, the way that he turns on a dime from therapy speak to anger. No, that red face is no joke. He doesn't even need to pour poison in her ear about her friends because her friends are automatically going to start distancing themselves, you know, because he's so fucking crazy. Right. The last question I have, and then we can get to the astrology. Gia and the gals, have they made any statements not in favor of Louis? Or are they just team Teresa? No, they are... He he's doing a good job with them as well. He's doing a j- good job, seemingly doing a good job getting them on side. So... It remains to be seen whether he will triangulate Teresa against them or whether he will. You know what I mean? Like, no, he's like truly a master, though. Like, he does know what he's doing. Like, yeah, of course, keep the girls in your good graces. Have them advocating for you. Like, right. When I dated an emotionally abusive person, my parents loved him because he Mm -hmm. turned it on for them. Like Mm -hmm. they pick it. They pick and choose who they think it's worth their time to hoodwink and put the effort in to get them to like them and then like if they drop the ball on and like a friend of yours realizes that they're a little bit off like that's who you kind of have to listen to that's why like when your friends are saying like I don't know about a certain person like you actually can't have that knee-jerk reaction because if they like they're seeing the true person do you know what I mean but right he like like as, as long as the girls it's almost like he's a cult leader I would say Ooh, he would love that. Yeah. As long as all the girls believe in him and believe in him and Teresa, even at the expense of Teresa, even if he starts putting Teresa down in front of them, like it's going to be smooth sailing for the girls. They're going to be fine. But like the minute one of those girls maybe tries to step out of line, like with that type of person, that's going to be when he starts, that's what going to be when that type of person would start planting the seeds that, oh, actually the daughter is the problem. We need to cut Mm. her off. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's going to do this. I don't know him, but like, that's the pattern of how that, the type of person that people seem to think he might be, that's what they would do. So as long as the family is united behind him, they will stay a united front. But like, you just can't step out of line. It's so scary. Yeah. What about him trying to explain the pajamas? He wore Nano's pajamas. Oh, yeah. Andy was like, I got to ask you about that. Like, why did you wear Nano's? Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. he's just like, uh, it came out wrong. This was one of the other things that he is. Yeah, yeah. Goes, He says it came out wrong. And it's like, well, it didn't come out wrong. You looked Joe Gorga dead in the eye and said, I wear your dead father's pajamas to make the girls feel safe. That's insane. <laughs> I know. Like, 
I don't think he's like a sexual predator. I don't get that vibe at all. But if someone said that to me about a young kids in my family, I wear something to make them feel safe. That would be like alarm bells going off. Right. Is, is that a fact? Like, have we seen him in no, no's pajamas? No. Okay. They were arguing at a party and, and he literally out of nowhere says, I wear your father's pajamas to make the girls feel safe. And Joe Gorga is just like jaw on the floor. And like, so he says, when Andy asked him about it, he says, I don't sleep in her father's pajamas. It came out wrong. I took one of the sweats that they found in a house that they had, I guess one of the houses, they hadn't cleared it out yet. He says, I took a pair of sweats and I wore it one night in an endearing good way. What does that mean? Okay, now that also makes no sense. That to me, if anything, just means like my my pants were dirty. Yeah. Like I just needed a pair of pants. I spilled something when I was cleaning out the house. What a genius, especially if you didn't do it. What a genius thing. Sometimes when I'm in fights too, I will be like, when it doesn't come naturally to me, it's so upsetting when I'm like, what is the thing that I can say that's like really going to get under their skin? Like, what could I say that's really gonna like actually like get through to them or hurt them or whatever? Very rarely do I find myself in these kind of toxic fights, but when you do, you do and you want to win. Yeah. I feel like that is such a genius, genius get under your skin thing to say to someone. Do you think that's what his goal was? 100%. Like, I'm actually the man of this family now. I'm now the patriarch. Yeah. I wear the father's pajamas. And I think it's it's also a way of saying, like, no matter how much you hate me, no matter how, like, scared of me you are, I'm in in. Like, I have I have your dad's stuff now. You don't even have it. I have it. And I'm using it. And now I'm daddy, right? And I think what we see at these reunions, especially in New Jersey, is like, Winning just means that the other person is like angrier at the end. I feel like that's something the kind of thing you would say to someone and it does get under their skin. And then you it's it's like the it's like an emotional like like knockout, you know? Yeah, I feel like that was a way of being like now. Now try to insult me more than this. You could never or try to upset me more than this. You could never. And I think he's probably right. Yeah, that's true. There is no like Trump card that Gorga could pull to outdo that crazy thing to say yeah it's just so wild to just pull that out of your ass during a co- completely unrelated argument even if he just saw the pants in the corner of his eye and he never thought of them again you know that, that he clocked for a minute they're like oh this is intimate put it in my pocket for when i need it this is a superiority thing this is like the alpha the alpha gorilla thing alpha like so weird so weird and psychotic yeah this guy's terrifying. What do you think is going to happen in the future? Like, what do you think? I feel like, I, f- I feel like Louis is, he's got the potential for some white collar crimes for sure. Just because nothing he has said about any business has made any sense. Yeah. The business stuff and the, the business just vanishing is like really weird. And the, the pizza ovens just being invested in and sitting there, but no one's seen them really weird. Like, yeah, there's definitely something shady going on behind the scenes, moving money around in unorthodox ways. Definitely. I don't know. I mean, what are the odds that this show exists without Teresa? It's going to be a rough one because she is the best television. Yeah. But consistently when you do polls and this is not just me, it's like when they do polls on watch what happens, everything more people support 
Melissa than Teresa always. Mm, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, but the the Teresa supporters are so much louder <laughs> online, which is why I think like Melissa was kind of trying to imply that she thinks Louie is maybe like paying for bots and stuff. Oh, but it's yeah. also we're just we get in a slippery slope when we attribute any fan activity to bots because it's just like give credit where credit is due you guys are crazy and militant and really putting in the work like a bot yeah <laughs> like it's you can just use it for anything do you know what? it's like totally. a cheating rumor or a gay rumor like totally. you just you can say it about anyone and it'll stick you know so i just think what was the question can the show exist without Teresa? Oh, can the show exist? It can, but I don't think there's any reason to believe that it will do better because again, like I said in the beginning, society has kind of progressed past the need for Real Housewives of New Jersey. What point are we trying to get across with this show? You know, like all of the shows, all the franchises have different reasons for existing. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. I love your quick take. Well, it's this isn't even a, a completely independent thing that I came up with because- mm. It's something that gets talked about in like the fan communities a lot. It's like each city has sort of a central theme. The New York one is like, you know, old New York money ladies, but they're drinking a lot and it's kind of empty nesters. That's why they did a revamp. It's sort of like aspirational though, because it's it still is sort of lifestyle. Yeah. New York City like New York City has that like New York City yeah and they all had their own careers and everything but now they're revamping and they're going for a younger crowd so we'll see and it was also the New York one had it was also a product of its time it had the mystique of the Upper East Side ladies who lunch thing which is not a thing anymore like I'm sure they still they still exist but like Gossip Girl is off the air like we don't it's not really like it's out of style yeah social the whole, whole concept of a socialite like a New York City socialite is gone it's not chic to be a preppy waspy lady who lunches so like totally I think that's kind of why the New York franchise got a little bit stale and off the rails and they had to redo it and then in Beverly Hills it's like these people who are show business adjacent Potomac started out a lot about etiquette like these women were like we are the standard bearers of a certain community in this DC suburb and they would they would call each other out for for having bad etiquette for not doing the right thing in certain social situations and now that's kind of gone off the rails as well it's like these shows sort of like when they get a little bit too much into just the conflicts between the women, the show suffers because it's like, wait, why are we here if these women aren't actual genuine friends just living their lives? Well, I think that's like the slow reveal that's happened over the last few years where you realize like they're not friends. Like, yeah. like right. Like what makes it interesting is that Dolores seems like she is actually Teresa's friend. Decades strong. Yeah. If you're going to watch people fighting with each other, you should actually care and have some yeah. skin in the game. Whereas like if it's just people fighting for what they think is hypothetically right or just picking a side and it sort of doesn't affect them either way. It is a little bit like, and I think it's why Vanderpump Rules got so confused and why Raquel found herself in this confused position because whether you're doing something for the show or the show is capturing your lives, it's like, there's just a fine line. Yeah, it seems now that the shows have been on for so long, more and more people are self-producing and doing things just for the show. Right. And like, they're the, like a big appeal in the beginning was that the women were so delusional and they were so out of touch with reality. But now right. they're seeing real-time feedback in the form of social media and the discussions about the shows where they're kind of 
I think they're amending their behavior to fit with what they want, think the fans want to see. And it's not creating as good of television, but the central theme of New Jersey has always been family. Right. And that's always been like the animating force in the beginning. It was about the Manzo sisters married to the Manzo brothers and their sort of affiliates. And now it's morphed into the Judice Gorga drama. Now this other new girl, Danielle, the blonde new girl from Sayerville. I love her. Yeah. I liked her. She has a feud with her brother. Right. So like, there's a big question, are they going to come on the show? And it's like, that would be great, but it's just, it gets a little boring, especially because I don't know, like the thing with Teresa and Joe is like, how many times can you say family is the most important thing when you don't speak to anyone in your family? Right. It's like, this is not a show about family anymore. You guys fucking hate each other. Like it wasn't even in the beginning of the Teresa versus Joe Gorga drama. It was like, they kind of seemed like they were trying to work it out and they were trying to figure out how to get along, but it's just become so clear over the years that they absolutely hate each other's guts. But is it related to Melissa or no? She always blames it on Melissa, but Teresa is nothing if not a beacon of internalized misogyny. Like Teresa hates women. Teresa is a misogynist and it's not her fault. It's like she's steeped in it. She's steeped in like she had a very patriarchal upbringing. It's just the way she is. She Her, her first husband was a complete misogynist. Louis has an alleged track record of pretty clear misogyny. Like she's just steeped in it. And she, so she does blame everything on Melissa from the beginning. She has blamed everything on Melissa. Joe would, would be different if it wasn't for Melissa. And now if that thing Gia said is true, oh, you can do better than Melissa. It's she, she's passing it on to her girls, which is like the saddest thing of all. Understanding more about their backstory. It's, it's really sad. I mean, it's New Jersey's the show that's centered around family. And it's like what you're actually now centering it around is the generational trauma that is still continuing to play out of brother versus sister on the on the verge of never speaking again. It's like, wow, that's so painful. Thank God Teresa doesn't have any sons. Yeah. And I also have to say that Joe Gorga is also a hot mess of misogyny as well. I don't want to let him off the hook because- No, they were just definitely raised like that. They were raised like that. And he hasn't, in the very beginning, him and Melissa's first season, the things that he would say about like a woman's role in the family and shit like that was absolutely shocking. Melissa wrote a book about marriage and literally advocated for marital- rape in the book pretty much like she she basically was like what? as the wife it's not I'm I'm not supposed to turn down sex I it's like not my job it's not my place oh my god okay let me get their side of the story as a, the journalist in me is twitching okay the journalist in me is twitching lol bless you I know this is from us weekly Last week, Jezebel slammed the memoir advice book in a post entitled Real Housewife Melissa Gorga's new book advocates marital rape, argued the blog, the amount of sexism, gender essentialism and caveman logic when it's in its pages is so appalling that it's difficult to believe her book is anything but a cry for help. Um, Let me find the actual passage of what Melissa said. Okay, she said this is from Melissa's book. Husbands want their wives to submit. Wives want our husbands to dominate. (laughs) Men, I know you think your woman isn't the type who wants to be taken, but trust me, she is. Every girl wants to get her hair pulled once in a while. If your wife says no, turn her around and rip her clothes off. She wants to be dominated. That was from Joe Gorga. He wrote that. I mean, it's a little bit like speak for yourself, you guys. Like, 
Yeah. And it's one thing to say a lot of people like it rough, but if your wife says no, turn her around and rip her clothes off is like, okay, you're literally that's well, right. Like, like, and even like a lot of times on the space Sharks podcast, we will, we will repeat and regale the advice of Andy Mulshine by being like, don't text him first. Like, like the masculine and feminine polarities within us and in our relationships, those are real energy types. Like masculine energy is penetrating. Feminine energy is receptive. That being said, it's never like boundary crossing. Yeah, I guess is sort of what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's like, it's, there's a huge difference between like, let him chase you versus let him chase you even as you're running away as fast as you can. Right. Like, it's like literally saying no. Right. Like no is no. She also, this is from Melissa's book. In the beginning, Joe wanted to have sex every single day, at least once, if not twice or three times. If I didn't give it to him once a day, he'd get upset. I can do something that pisses him off on a Monday, but we if we had sex on Sunday night, it blows over more easily. But if we haven't done it for two days and I give him an attitude, it could be a huge fight. First of all, what is giving your husband an attitude? That is like disgust. Like, yeah. give him, you're not a little kid. That's so right. weird. But yeah, like this is the other crazy thing about this. She's saying like he would get angry at her. He would demand sex like one, two, three times a day and get angry if she didn't want to do it. This is identical to the allegation that one of Louis's ex-girlfriends. Oh my had. God. I was just thinking, didn't we talk about this? Oh my God. Right. We talked about it a year ago when we talked about Louis. Yeah. Um, yeah. She said that his wow. ex said that he would demand sex and he would like, I think she said he would like emotionally punish her if he, if she didn't do it. I don't know. Definitely fact check that everyone before you repeat it, but it's in people magazine. No, but that is, I remember that so specifically. We just, we literally had that conversation where she, the, her claims were that if she refused to have sex with him, then he would basically just like take it. Yeah. Which is what Melissa's saying. Yeah. So make it easy. Okay. So she talks about how there's two types of, this is Melissa again in her book. There's two types of sex in a marriage. There's real passionate sex and maintenance sex. You need them both for a healthy marriage. Maintenance sex keeps the wheels greased, the lines of communication open and the fights to a minimum. Even when I'm exhausted and not really in the mood, it means a lot. If it means a lot to Joe that we connect physically, I'll say I'm not so into it tonight, but let's go. If it's a hard no, I try to be nice about it. Don't swat him away or say with a tone, leave me alone. Eventually he will leave you alone more than you wish he would. (laughs) And this is a chapter called or a section called you can do just about anything for 10 minutes. She's talking about gritting her teeth and having sex with her husband because he because he is demanding it like so so yeah like when I say that Teresa is a hotbed of internalized misogyny she's far from the only person in that cast or that family who suffers from from that particular affliction and well the really crazy thing too is like even if at least in Melissa's life like she's telling the truth here like she's saying this is my advice yeah what's crazy is that she's saying it like the italian's guide to love making and good marriage it's like i would i don't know if i would publish this on behalf of the like is italy gonna sue her like on behalf of the Italian, although they probably love it but it's like you can't be like the italian's guide to and have it be like yeah just like appease him with sex whenever you can it's like i don't know if that maybe that's what's working for you. And cause like, I kind of know what she means, but like, I wouldn't publish it. It's this, it's this phenomenon that exists. I think in every immigrant community where the people who leave 
the old country. They come over to whatever the new country is and they kind of are clinging to the the old country's values or what they see as the old country's values in order to keep their that part of their identity because it's really, really important. It is. And then they pass these values down to their children and their children's children that might be now 10, 20, 30 years out of date. Right. You know what I mean? So like you often see this in immigrant communities where the diaspora is more conservative than the people who still live in the country. And I'm talking like Irish too, you know, like sure for me, my family being super Catholic when I was growing up, that was like, because we are an immigrant family. We're not super recent, but we still definitely have that identity. And like, we're keeping it and maintaining it because this is how they did it in the old country. And this is the way it's supposed to be done. But then like Ireland is more secular than ever now. It's it's like, it's a clinging to... I remember when I had my bar mitzvah, I remember because I like didn't grow up going to Hebrew school until it was like, okay, for the next year and a half, you're going to go to Hebrew school so that you can have a bar mitzvah. And I remember saying to my parents, like, why am I having, why do we go to temple now? And why am I having a bar mitzvah? And both sides of the family, the answer was like, because it means a lot to your grandparents. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, even if you were from, like, if my family had stayed in Ireland, would we have just naturally grown out of being super religious? Right. And then, like, my age generation would not have really bothered, you know? It's because because every country is always developing and, like, moving forward for the most part. So so I think this is, like, her saying this is, like, love Italian style. It's like, yeah, like, old country. Yeah. Literally 1950s when all of their parents and grandparents moved over here. Like, that's what she's talking about because none of them have updated their understanding of what it means to be Italian. And that's why in Europe, totally, where I live, people get so annoyed when Americans come back and say, I'm Italian, I'm Irish, blah, blah, blah. And they have a completely warped view of what that actually means. It's like an Epcot cartoon version <laughs> of what they think the old country is that hasn't been updated since their grandparents or great grandparents left so right and there's such a difference between like lineage and nationality like you can be of italian descent but when gia goes over to italy to reconnect with the land they're gonna be like you are american kid like chill out literally that's what they're gonna say they're gonna be like no you're actually not italian you're not italian like that's what they say that's what irish people say that's what italian people say and and if you tell them oh i have irish ancestry they're just like oh my god not again why do i have to have this conversation everyone they know has irish ancestry it's not interesting or exciting to them you know what i mean (laughs) so many people are irish in the u.s like it's not so many people are Irish. it's not like fun or exotic but it is like you know a really long time ago when people came over from ireland they were oppressed and subjugated and from italy but like we're not special for that anymore in the u.s and we don't live there anymore and we're part of a completely different culture yeah so i don't know they go in an early season of jersey to italy and it's really funny because they just it's it's just funny it's like when jersey shore did a season in italy and they were were all just like this isn't italian and you're like no it is you guys aren't italian you're american but you're from staten island you're from upstate new york yeah and it's a hard pill to swallow because it comes from this working class idea of like I will never be the elite in this new in this new country. Right. I feel left out of this because we do still have a waspy elite in the U.S. It is still beyond white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. That is who is the default in America. So like it makes sense that 
when you grow up and you're like, oh, you know, I have a vowel in my name or I'm Irish or I'm Catholic. Like you do feel a little bit outside the norm, even though to anyone who's not white, they think you're exactly the same as everybody else. So it makes sense why you cling to this old country ideal. And it is painful when you go back and you learn that no one in the old country gives a fuck. You know, like <laughs> it is painful yeah. because you grow up with yeah. like, we're Irish or we're Italian or like, we're really proud that we're from this country. And then you're like, it's just, no, it's not real. It's a different identity. It's a new identity, you know? And it, I think it just happens with movement in general. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe my child is going to be like, I'm American. You're like, no, she's motherfucking Irish. I know, but we have also family that like, lives in Sweden and they would say they were half American. And that just makes me laugh also. Cause I'm like, there's no such thing as half American. That's like, I, my jaws dropped you guys. But like, that's how silly it sounds when an American comes to another country and says that they're from that country. That's how silly it sounds because it's like, well, it is always funny too. When you get like the, the 23 and me result, we hear about people's like 23 and me results and they're like, I'm mixed. And it's like, okay, if you're a mix of all the white places, like you're white. I don't think anyone says that. Who's just white places. I literally have her. I will not, I will not name names, but they said it in front of my very mixed partner once. And uh, it was almost as bad as when uh, we watched the WNBA and Gone Girl on the same night. <laughs> Damn. Let me just read Melissa's response to being accused of promoting marital rape in the in the interest of fairness. Wait, real quick. Would you would you call what she's describing marital rape? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely caveman era advice. Right. Yes. Uh, and it's weird to frame it as anything to do with being Italian. <laughs> yes. Because I think it's a crime in Italy as well. Yeah, like I guess that's how their marriage functions. She's not saying non-consensual. She's saying reluctantly consensual. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is a whole porn category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I guess I would just I would just want to say to her like, Melissa, you actually don't have to have sex with your husband when you don't want to. And like she also has a whole passage where she's like arguing that the more you have sex with him the less le less likely he will be to cheat on you and it's like i would just be like melissa you deserve a man who's not going to cheat on you regardless of how often you have sex with him like you right. you do deserve that and you are allowed to ask for that and if it doesn't work out and he does still cheat on you like you're allowed to get a divorce i guess i would just that's what I would tell her. I don't know if I would class it as marital rape. I think, I guess it is, it is definitely, what is, what does he say in Pulp Fiction? Same ball, same ballpark, same motherfucking ballpark. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know, but okay, here's what she said. Oh yeah, what's her quote? I was upset that a website, Jezebel, come on, I hate, if you're going to respond, you got to give credit. Say where you're at. Give credit where credit is due. I was upset that a website accused me of Joe me and Joe of horrible, disgusting things. You wrote about it. But now I see it as a as an opportunity to further explain my philosophy about marriage. So as if the whole book didn't cover it. Yes, yeah, she says there's nothing wrong about that. And uh, nothing wrong with admitting it. I also made the point that if you're not so into it initially, you might change your mind a few minutes later. Oh, God. Oh, no. She's literally saying no means yes, so keep that no to yourself. Yeah. Ugh. But it just, it, it it's like, yeah, everybody's 
ingrained misogyny is just just on megaphone loud and clear yeah and it's nobody's fault and it's really hard it's really hard to overcome because i will say this i do get the sense that they have a good marriage well that's the thing he like he in their first couple seasons his persona was so hypersexualized. He had the, they even showed him wearing a shirt in this episode in one of the flashbacks that says release the poison. That was the thing he would say on air. He'd be like, sometimes I just need to release the poison. I need to release the poison every day. Talking about like ejaculating. Wait, that is so to describe your semen as poison is like, even the role play is terrifying. It's really, let me poison you. Yeah, like, but this was his. Oh my god! This was what he led with. This was his persona. Like, I am hypersexual. I need sex multiple times a day, and I demand it. And like, he seems to have chilled out a lot. Maybe it's just getting older and your testosterone levels dropping. I sent yeah. you that thing earlier about his story about losing his virginity, which we don't even need to go into because it's so it makes Harry look like a walk in the field. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it it just sounds. It's not what anyone would want for their kid. He says he was nine years old and Teresa walked in and then she uh, used it to get things over on him with their parents for years after that. She would say, if you don't, if you don't tell, if you don't do such and such, I'm going to tell mom and dad what I saw you doing when he was nine years old having sex. Remembering that I have so much forgiveness for him in a way because it's sort of like he has spent his entire life trying to justify I don't want to say non-consensual, but sort of like, like, like extreme power dynamics in sex. Yeah. Like it makes you understand why he was so hypersexualized in his first few seasons. And like, you're just like, oh no, this might actually be coming from like a painful place. Completely, completely. That he has actually built so many walls around that yes. it just happened to come out during a reunion one time. As a joke. As a joke. It's like, no, you're not talking about losing your virginity. You're talking about sexual assault. You were a kid. Right. And like, like letting somebody know they were assaulted and it wasn't sex for a, an adult man is probably an absolute mindfuck. Yeah, I just... I mean, and we don't know how old the other person was. So like, I don't, you don't know because kids do do weird shit with each other, you know, but like, sure. But penetration's pretty like, I know it's like, how did you even know that was an option? Right. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, like, we don't know if it was assault. We don't know if he would consider it assault. What really matters is his point of view on it. Well, I would say he does not consider yeah, it he assault. doesn't. So it's, it's weird for us to put those word that word on it because sure. we don't know the details and it is none of our business. All we know is what, well, and to be fair, that's also what we're doing to Melissa. Like she didn't say marital rape. Right. She said, this is how we do it. Yeah, like, right. yeah. Oh God. What a dark, dark turn. This is dark, so but it's just like New Jersey needs a rebrand. I know it's so dark. It's way darker than stealing money from orphans in LA. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, though. I, it actually is because it's, it's so deeply personal. Like, yeah. right, the family, the family and sexual element, that one two punch makes it just like, whoa, like it is like a little too real for reality TV, actually. Yeah, it's just like, OK, we're saying all the quiet parts out loud. Literally, we're, we're revealing that we don't want to have sex with our husband and we just grit our teeth and bear it sometimes. Oh, OK. Oh, we're going to write a book about it. 
all right yeah nice and then we're gonna go reunion and he's gonna make a joke about how he's such a ladies man because he quote lost his virginity at nine it's like oh my god painful it is this is too dark this is too dark can you please tell me something about astrology to cleanse my palate i would love to the astrology of these feuding family members okay so we I know-, know Teresa is a Taurus because it's written all over her face. She has got that Taurus mug that I love to see. She does. And I have to say that despite everybody aging on these shows, like, I don't know. I think Teresa, like, I'm not personally attracted to her, but I love that Teresa stays in the game. Like, <laughs> you can't. Such a Taurus. Like, Oh, fixed. don't ever say that about me. You know what? <laughs> You're staying in the game. No, and but that's you, know what I mean? you know what I mean, though, right? Like, like she is not throwing in the towel anytime soon. You can't make her. What I think is interesting about the chart of both Teresa and Joe Gorga is the whole chart is fixed energy, right? So in astrology, there's cardinal energy, that's starter energy, leadership energy, the beginning of the season. Then there's fixed energy. That is the height of the season. So when you hear that signs are like stubborn, it's not that they're stubborn. It's just that like the whole month is summer. And then there's mutable energy, which, you know, in terms of nature represents the changing of the seasons. But these are the signs that are more changeable in nature that are bringing us between seasons, right? The beginning of a season, the heart of the season and the end of the season. That's how you can think of the the modalities of the signs. Both Joe Gorga and Teresa Gorga are all fixed energy, which means that stubborn doesn't cover it. Sun and moon. Joe Gorga is a Leo sun, Leo moon. Teresa is a Taurus sun, Leo moon. What I think is really cute is that the siblings have the same moon sign, which is why ultimately when I look at their charts, I'm like, you don't want to not speak again. You really are. They do love each other. Yeah. What's Joe's sun again? Sorry. I was, I was thinking so hard. Joe is a, a Leo new moon. Joe's a sun and moon in Leo. Sun and moon in Leo. Oh my God. He's the biggest Leo ever. So his personality. Oh yeah. But he's got no hair. That is really <laughs> wild. That's why he's in so much pain and needs to rape his wife. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, really makes sense that they're both such fixed signs and like they're they're and they're, they're not willing to like budge. But what I think is interesting about their dynamic. And I think we can see it, even if it's sort of like the underlying unspoken reality is that like, Like they are just two kids, siblings in a fight. Like during the last reunion, during last night's, there was that moment where Joe was once again, like professing his like commitment to Teresa. And he was basically saying, and I correct me if I get this wrong, but he was basically saying like, look, even if I don't like you, like even what did he, he said it really weird too. He's like, if you were to get into a car crash, I would be running alongside the ambulance. It's like, you don't, you could just get in the ambulance probably, but like, right. Also like, I don't believe you, but, but yeah, then she was like, love me while I'm here, which is like, so true. So true. And also I couldn't believe that this, like, even the fact that so Leo for the analogy to even go as far as to like, I'm on my deathbed now. It's like, lol. Okay. But like, you're not, there's not an accident. Yeah. Be loving to each other while you're here is is the truth. It shows how entrenched this dynamic is that like, yeah, Joe thinks that 
like, no, I'm sorry. If you're not speaking to a family member, it doesn't matter if you claim to love them or not. You are functionally not close with them. You are not being loving. Like you don't love them. You don't love them. You love, maybe you loved them conditionally and they did something that made you say, okay, this relationship is gone. Like it, but he, it just shows how kind of broken their dynamic I think has been since childhood, which I think has everything to do with Nano. Right. It, it's actually, they're, they're just actually repeating. They're literally right. playing out the generational trauma. Like the fact that you think that you have a loving family relationship still with someone who you hate is like, no. I get the sense that they do love each other. I think that their paradigm of familial love is this. I think the fact that like actually no, no, and, and yes, yes, didn't speak for all those years. I think they think that they're evolving the conversation because now they're just fighting on television instead of ghosting each other. Their model for a family relationship is completely broken. Yes, but I think they think that they're actually more mature than their forefathers and sisters i don't even think they're thinking that hard about it i don't even think they've noticed a pattern you know what i mean like i think they think nono and his sister didn't speak for x reason and that has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on with us it's just in a vacuum they don't not speak they fight they fight but they don't speak i mean if your only interaction is to fight on camera you're functionally Mm. not you don't have a functional relationship like if it wasn't for the show i think they probably just would not be speaking or they would be doing the bare minimum of speaking do you know what i mean looking at their charts together though like it genuinely breaks my heart because like i think maybe part of why it's all so heated is because like i think they feel like twins even though they're not i think they feel like twins they're also a lot of years apart yeah. and they lied about that in the beginning for some reason. Teresa is like eight, like seven years older than him. It's also weird that she saw what she saw as, I'm, I'm just processing that. If he's nine, how old is she? Oh, she's 16 when she walks in on. That's actually so fucking weird. And then for her to lord it over him and say, I'm going to tell mom and dad instead of, oh my God, what is happening? Are you okay? Are you Okay. Ooh, Jesus. And again, I'm not blaming any of this on Teresa because I think it just speaks to their messed up dynamic. And like, I'm from a similar background of like Catholic working class grandparents kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where like we would have that type of shame around that kind of thing in my upbringing. I understand the level of repression that would make your first instinct be ooh, my brother did something bad how can I make this work for me but like 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 I think it comes from whatever their weird parent dynamic was because again also their father was a angry violent dude like they talk about how he would be slamming his fist on the table if someone did something wrong and like things like that so like I think they They don't reveal a lot bad about him because they're both still the same way that Gorga is taken in with this, this fantasy that he is a Lothario and that's why he lost his virginity. They're also both still hoodwinked by this idea that like their parents were perfect when in reality, it's very clear the things that have leaked out about Nono do not sound like the actions of a great dude, you know, like he at the very least had an anger problem, you know? So it makes sense that they would have, like, it's this entrenched weird dynamic that that they grew up with. And God, at 16 to be like, 
my nine-year-old brother is fine and now I'm going to blackmail him? Oh, I mean, they never stood a chance. Never. The other thing, too, is like one of the things I think that permeates the vibe, there is during that part where Joe is like proclaiming his hypothetical ambulatory love for Teresa, no matter what, I'm your brother. I love you no matter what. I'll be there first thing if anything happens to you no matter what. But I don't I love you, but I don't like you was essentially what he was saying. But there is a sense of jealousy between Teresa and Melissa, for sure. I think more coming from Teresa's end. And I do think that there's a slight like sexual undertone between the siblings. I know. It just jumps out at you every time you watch any interaction between them. Oh, I was going to say before, in the first season or two, Melissa referred to Joe as Teresa's big brother. And like, what? I know. And I've never, no one ever talks about this. And I've never been able to really understand what her their motivation would be is it really that joe has that much like small man syndrome that he needs the world to think he's older than Teresa? it's just it's so odd it's so odd that they would try to fudge the numbers in that way and like obscure the fact that she's older than him Teresa's seven years old right like they are different they're almost they could be in different generations literally like they're like he's squarely the little brother and it's weird that they even i mean most people who are seven years apart you wouldn't be like we grew up so close you'd be like right you'd be like yeah he's my little little baby brother especially because women mature faster yeah like you would have an affinity for him as a little baby like even you'd be like i changed his diapers right like casey's four years younger than me for the longest time when we were growing up she was a little baby to me like now we are equals but like for a long time throughout childhood it was like oh she's really really little so it's so weird that Teresa and joe speak about each other as if they grew up as like equals equals within the same friend group or something when they are seven years apart not only that but like I'm, I'm telling you like they have the energy and the they're enmeshed they're enmeshed like they're twins and I also actually do think that Joe and Melissa Gorga have a good relationship now like even though in the beginning they were both like even when she wrote that book I feel like they were both playing a role of what they were raised to think marriage is kind of supposed to be. And like, she's kind of tiptoeing around the trauma that he might have around sex, around needing to believe that he is this Lothario. Like she kind of is like mothering him in a way. And now, now they seem like equals, Joe and Melissa. They are really now like thick as feet. They seem like a real couple. They seem like a real marriage. Yeah. I like their dynamic, actually. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. And it is interesting to watch the dynamic between sister versus wife. Like, when you get married, part of what you're doing, I believe, I believe when you get married, you are starting a new family. That's what I believe. And so Joe Gorga is in the right in saying whatever has happened in the past And of course, moving forward, I'm always your brother, but I got married to Melissa. And so therefore me and Melissa are a team now. Even if you and I tear, tear, they call her tree, tree, tree. Oh yeah. Tree huggers. So funny wall. I know. Love. And then, and then Dorinda or Margaret, I always mix up Margaret and Dorinda. Margaret called them 
tree stumps and Teresa didn't understand she was talking about her fans and and thought that Margaret was making fun of her appearance and was like tree stumps look at you and Margaret's like I'm talking about your fans you idiot well that is what's like Teresa just she does seem like a fucking idiot I mean you know that's what it's kind of like it it is really like I can see why she and her seven years younger brother feel who who is much more articulate than her and seems like yes definitely a piece of shit guy in his own way like we, when he starts a physical fight at a christening like don't get it twisted he is also got a lot of faults but he comes across as more put together than her like I can see you know, why he, she- no he does a million percent like yeah like he actually crushes her and like in in a weird way I think sometimes when he's defending her and like even on this past reunion when he's like doing his ambulance speech you get the sense that like it's it's almost like he's sort of not doing her a favor but I think he's aware too of the fact that he actually came out on top here I think he's sensitive to the fact that she is acting a fool he kind of does know why whether it it ever comes out or not and at the end of the day he does love her but like I I really don't want to give them give him the credit of he loves her because he he ghosted her wedding day him and Melissa didn't show up to her wedding not only did they not show up they didn't even call and tell her they weren't showing up that's not a love situation that's a crazy ass toxic enmeshment situation like yeah that would hurt my feelings so much yeah I still don't know and I've been trying to figure out for so long like it's this is what's so crazy with them and it happens like with a lot anytime anyone's venting to me about any issue in their life I'm always like look what is like what are like the facts of the matter like when you when you get angry about like 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 if you go off on a rant about how much you hate rich people, I'm like, this is your, this is your trauma. This is your money. That's what we should do for each other, isn't it? But, but it's like, like Teresa and Joe, they are always taking it to their trauma place that we've established that we know. And like, they're never talking about the facts of the matter of what anyone did to each other I don't know why Melissa and Joe decided last minute not to go to Teresa's wedding I don't know what they decided the final straw was I don't know what they've done to Teresa and and conveniently well that's what's so confusing about all of this like as I as I sort of like catch up and remind myself and get it's like wait so they're just like fighting like they're fighting as but that's what I'm saying like to me I think the fighting is in in whatever fucked up way like an expression of love but that's not love i think in joe gorga's mind the fact that he hasn't cut Teresa off like nono did means that he's way ahead of them and he's loving to her because they're not cut off like to me that's what i that's the sense i get where he's like we could go no contact but I would never, that's what Nono did. And I've learned, we're just going to go fight contact, <laughs> fight contact forevermore. I don't think they love each other because Teresa loves her kids unconditionally. Joe mm. loves Melissa unconditionally. Now that I think he's somehow worked out some of his weird sexual shit. Like, no, they do seem to love each other though. I actually think they have a good marriage. Joe and Teresa both are capable of love of other people. They know what love is with other people in their families, 
this, the thing that the two of them have going on is not love. It's just not. And to call it that is really like, it's, it's really just a misnomer. And it's like a thing that manipulators would do. Like Louis is going to be do that at some point. He's going to be like, oh, well, uh, I spent all of your life savings because I love you. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, no, love is being nice to people. <laughs> like it's being functionally, you're right. But I do think that like, it's just a bunch of messed up people. Of course it's not loving. And okay, so look at their charts together real quick before we get to Melissa. Look at Joe and Teresa together. First of all, the moon, Leo, exactly the same place. They really are siblings. They really are coming from the same emotional place. Friction comes in because if you look at Joe's chart, he has a huge Leo stellium. He was born on a new moon in Leo where also Venus was present, Jupiter was present, and Mercury was present. So Joe Gorga, this man is Leo to a T.O. He is all about just expressing whether it's love or sex or anger. This guy has an unbridled sense of permission to express himself. (laughs) And may I say, he also has the Leonine tendency for his actions not to match up to his words, which is exactly what I'm trying to say. You can't just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then, and Leos do that. They will just like say, 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 and then do something opposite. Right. Some of them. Well, I think more than just Leos will say something and then do opposite. It's more that Leos are so in the moment with their expression. Mm -hmm. I don't think in a Leo's mind, they're one of my best friends, for example. She is the queen of getting hired at jobs. When she goes into these job interviews, she's incredible. She has a performance. She's a star. She's a star. She gets hired for everything. Then within weeks, she's like, I hate work. Right. So either she gets fired or she quits or one of, or or you can't fire me. I quit. Right. (laughs) She's not. That's like the vibe. She's going to laugh. Person, if you're listening to this, I love you and we're lol. She'll lol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person, you you're going to lol. She's not lying in those interviews. She is sharing who she is and how passionate she is in this moment about this opportunity. Right. And then they make her do drudgery. She's not, she's not made for that. Right. And then she's like, this isn't what I signed up for. She's a figurehead. We're working on it. But like, I think that's where Joe is. I don't think Joe is bullshit. I think Joe is always in every moment expressing the heart of the matter, which, as we know, changes. You know, they sent in their will be at the wedding card and they meant it. And then upon wedding eve, they were like, we cannot go. In his mind, he's like, this is justified because it's just not right. It's not right for her to be marrying this Ruelas criminal. Blah, blah, blah. He went to warrior camp. I hate him. He didn't even say it was because of Louis. Like, he just was like, I I can't go because, like, I hate her. Like, they they just, it was the, it was the perfect. Now that is just really mean and very unlike him, actually. I know. It's not cool. It's not cool. And when I look at his chart, Sarah, he was supposed to walk her down the aisle. That's so painful. This is where Melissa and Joe lost the plot this season because normally they come out looking, Scott, it's so easy when you're in argument with Teresa because she cannot even form a sentence. Like all you have to do is sit there and let her spin out. Mm. 
But like this season, they failed to do that. And they kind of showed that they are also guilty, guilty of a lot of fuckery in this relationship as well. Because the day that you're supposed to walk your sister down the aisle to just not show up. So mean. That is another level. Well, it's interesting. His and Teresa's Mars are both in cancer. So they're sort of like fighting passive aggressively. And they're banging each other over the head with shit. With their big cancer claws. But it's like because they're both in shells, they're not actually having that deeper, more meaty crab roll conversation. They're actually just stuck on the shell. Right. It never comes to what happened in our childhood that set us off on this pattern. Yeah. It never comes to what did our parents do or say that made us think this was normal behavior. And with Mars and cancer, that's exactly what the doctors order. They even when they they have gone to family therapy sessions on the show and Sarah, you would bang your head against a wall like it, they literally are like, well, his wife is a bitch. And then he's like, well, her husband's a blah, blah, blah. And the, <laughs> and the therapist is just sitting there like, I actually can't help these people. I can't help them. And one therapist did say to them, like, look, I can only help people who want to form a better relationship. And you guys don't. Like, this is a relationship that works for them in a way. It literally is. Whether it's subconscious or not, you're right. Maybe they're not, like, talking about it. But I think the fact that they're even fighting in real time means that they've actually at least evolved past the family karma but they don't even know they're not thinking that deeply about it of course not but it also just is what it is i mean that's why it's sort of interesting of course they don't know but it is what it is so i Mm -hmm. think on a subconscious level in their mind they're like the fact that we're still in a fight and on tv like we're in a relationship whereas no no and yes yes they they never spoke again i don't i disagree i don't think they're even connecting it to that they're both so they're so dumb how could they not they're so unself-aware like oh that's painful dude. i think like knowing that her she at 16 walking in on him at nine having sex at nine and immediately thinking how can i use this to benefit me is proof positive that they've been in a combative like psychotic tango since literally he was born but they really understand each other. They really get each other big time. They've been in combat this whole time. And they talk about it as if, oh, in the good old days, things were good before Joe Judice came in or before Melissa came in. And it's like, I just haven't heard anything that makes me actually think you guys ever had a functional relationship. If I were to guess, per this whole story, like, her not telling the parents could have been misconstrued as I got your back. And they both have, like many family members do, my brother and I also have the same Mars at the same degree. Joe and Teresa have the same Mars at the same degree. But Teresa's Venus is also there. Kind of interesting. She's the goddess. Oh, my God. So Teresa's fighting and her loving are both in the same place as his fighting. Yes. And the fact that her fighting and loving are both in the same degree of what? Cancer? Cancer. And and it's the same degree of his fighting. To have your Venus and your Mars together is just like, I. you can't even blame her for, you, not that you could anyway, but it's just more proof of why she cannot help these men that she, she cannot help falling for these men that she falls for who are fucking horrific. Right. And like at best, somebody who has their Mars and their Venus aligned, whether it's in the same sign or even in the same degree, Like, best case scenario, that person is super balanced in terms of their own relationship with the masculine and the feminine. Not only do we know 
off the bat, Teresa's uh, clearly not that balanced. She's clearly not that healed. Mm -mm. But in this case specifically, because her Venus is there with both of their Mars, it's like they're both at this war, but she's using her feminine wares, her sexuality, her victim complex. Oh, I don't think she has a victim complex. She won't even accept that Joe Giudice got her thrown in jail. That was interesting in this reunion, too. Yeah. She was like, I'm not a criminal. It's like, you spent years behind bars, babe. I'm not a criminal. My (laughs) husband made a mistake on the taxes. It's like. No, they literally habitually lied on bankruptcy forms, mortgage applications. She signed bank stubs for a job that she never had in order to make or pay stubs for a job she never had in order to make the bank think they had more money so they would lend them more money like they were that's like them saying we made one mistake is like Sandoval saying I cheated one time in the heat of the moment do you know what I mean like dude side note like ever since VPR gate I have been watching like old clips of Sandoval and Kristen like I've been I've been season one it mm-hmm and first of all, he was really hot. Side Ew, I disagree. You like pretty boys, though. I mean, I love pretty. I think he's so pretty. Like, I totally get where. But, like, it's crazy to watch in retrospect because it's like, yeah. oh, you're literally just still you. Like, you didn't grow. Can you imagine? Molly, if we were on TV, even being on the podcast for two years, I feel like we've evolved. We've grown. Can you imagine being on TV for 11 years? I know, it's crazy. Devolving instead of evolve. It's like, yo, like. It's like Teresa. She, it's like Teresa. Teresa refuses to evolve as well. She still thinks someone called the feds to get her to get her arrested. Girl, you called the feds when you lied on your bankruptcy forms. And then not only did the feds know because you filed for bankruptcy and you lied on the forms, you then <sighs> continued to lie to them. At one point, during their trial, when they had to declare all their assets, they didn't declare a single car. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to tell the U.S. government that you don't own any cars? Why were they like leases? Were they leases? You live in suburban New Jersey. You have to declare that the lease is an asset. Like they lied to such an insane extent. Like for her to be still trying to prove that it was someone else's fault, she doesn't even try to prove it was Joe Giudice's fault. She doesn't even think it was his fault. This is the real central cr- contradiction of Teresa is like, why does she not let her brother breathe the wrong way? But her ex-husband can literally get her thrown into jail and she will not hear a bad word about him. She has a better relationship with Joe Giudice than she does with her brother. And I keep asking the tree huggers that I know today I asked two of them the tree huggers (laughs) yes I I asked them to tell us in writing because they were both magically and I'm saying this joking around and I hope they both know I'm joking but magically they were both too busy to talk about it and I was like okay then can you just tell me what Melissa and Joe did wrong to Teresa and what Teresa is right about Mm -hmm. and they're like no sorry I don't have time course you don't come on i get it it's a wednesday i get it but like come on no one can tell me what melissa and joe ever did really to Teresa. besides i believe skipping the wedding was beyond the pale it is mean it is and it's expensive it's an expensive mean mistake you're wasting someone's money and hurting their feelings yeah but yeah i just am like how are you okay with joe judice but not with your brother joe judice got you thrown into jail cheated on you on national television humiliated you multiple times over and over and over again and you still have a good relationship with him it it's just it just is crazy joe Giudice is he the, he's the only one from italy 
He was born in Italy. The rest of them, their parents were born in Italy. We'll do it another time, but his chart's pretty interesting, but okay. They all speak like barely like pigeon Italian. What is, why, why is this chart interesting? Just tell me in a real quick second. His Mercury is in Taurus on all of Teresa's ship. His sun and his Saturn are conjunct in Gemini. His moon, we don't have a time, so we're not totally sure, but he and Louis' charts are fairly similar. I'm not surprised. Like, I think Joe do. Joe, Ju- how do you say last name? It's Giudice, but they say Judice, which is just further proof that they're not really Italian. Oh. They say Judice. I say Giudice. The Jews. They're the Jews now. Look at Joe Giudice's chart. Venus and Mars conjunct in Cancer. Just like, like, like Joe Giudice was Teresa's soulmate. Really? Yeah. They're twins. Okay, let's get to Melissa because that's what we promised the people. So Teresa and Melissa, the first thing I notice is that Melissa's Lilith is exactly conjunct Teresa's moon. Okay. So what makes Teresa feel safe, which is like to express herself. Yell and flip tables. And flip tables. There's a Lilith in Leo like you. Lilith is an interesting archetype because... There's many phases of the Lilith journey. But when Lilith is accepted, which Melissa Gorga is, she's all powerful. Teresa's desire to express gets absolutely like face slapped, swatted down by Melissa's Lilith because she's like, come on, come on. Why is she like, come on? Because when you have your Lilith and Leo just like you do. Yeah, it's the most iconic Lilith placement. No, it actually is. Yeah. Sorry. Barack Obama, JFK, and Marilyn Monroe don't lie. And I think the fact that Melissa got to a place where she's actually on television for her marriage. Get up. Let me back it up. Melissa is a sun in Aries, moon in Capricorn. Melissa is all cardinal. Both Joe and Teresa are all fixed. So Melissa is like the breath of fresh air that this family didn't even know they needed. And she's a catalyst. They say she's a catalyst for them not getting along. Them not getting along probably started in childhood. Yeah, exactly. When Teresa started using Joe's childhood sexual activity against him is when the rift began. But I think that it probably began before that. But anyway, they sure. But, but that's the only proof we have. That's the only like data point we have. I think it's possible knowing that Melissa has so much cardinal energy. It could be that she came in and. Yeah, I think probably what happened is she came in and said to Joe, uh, this is a little weird. The way you guys interact is right. a little weird. And your sister's being a huge bitch to me. And yeah. like in Teresa's eyes, that means Melissa. it's Melissa's fault that they're fighting. But in reality, it's just she maybe helped Joe see the light a little bit about how dysfunctional their relationship was. And I think maybe Joe, Joe Judice also and Louie do that for Teresa. Like both of them have partners who are able to see how fucking weird their relationship is. And they, the other one then takes that as, Oh, it's the partner. Who's the problem. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And what's so interesting to me, Melissa is born on the equinox. Melissa is born in this time between times. March 21st, 79, 
Melissa's zero degree Aries sun. So Melissa literally to Joe is like a new spring dawning where he's not only being celebrated in her book, let him fuck you whenever he pleases, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Just let him rape you. No, I can't say that. Hold on, wait. But, 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 like, m- like, Melissa, like, okay, so Melissa and Joe, Melissa's son is in Aries. Joe's moon and sun are in Leo. That's trying. That's a really harmonious relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So when Melissa came into the picture and heard Joe's story, she was like, whoa, babe, I love you. I will let you fuck me whenever. And I will like ride or die fight for you. Now, Melissa's moon, like your girl, Ra, is in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Why do they trigger each other so much? They trigger each other so much because of Chiron is the answer. Ooh. Uh-huh. So check it out. This my bitch. All the girls talking in that shit. Melissa's Chiron is in Taurus on Teresa's Mercury and Sun. So when <laughs> when Teresa speaks, her whole being triggers Melissa. Teresa's Chiron is in Aries. Where Melissa's sun, Mercury, etc. exists. They are literally sun Chiron, sun Chiron conjunctions. Oh my God. Perfect. So perfect. That is so insane and so funny. They just they would they would never get along under any circumstances. Even if they just met in real life as if they were coworkers, they wouldn't have gotten along. On the off chance that they provided genuine healing for each other, they would. But that would take a huge amount of effort. But because Melissa's Lilith is on Teresa's moon. So you want to know my like sort of hot astrology take? Yeah. When I was looking at it last night, balls high, just watching this, watching this reunion, getting my head pounded in by the screaming. Melissa's moon in Capricorn is conjunct Teresa's Jupiter in Capricorn. Moon-Jupiter conjunctions from a past life perspective represent marriage. Oh, I sort of think that Teresa and Melissa were married in a past life. Married in a past life. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I literally think Teresa and Melissa were married in a past life and that Melissa left Teresa the Lilith story being a huge part of this and then her marriage like so so in in like Hellenistic in traditional astrology Jupiter represents the husband so we have Melissa's Jupiter conjunct Teresa's south node Hmm. to the degree husband from a past life then we have Teresa's moon conjunct Melissa's Lilith like oh you're breaking my fucking heart because what a whore you are but no you're just sleeping with my brother but like you're challenging my sense of safety because of your sexuality oh my god that's because of Teresa's moon being in Leo and her Lilith being in Leo that's exactly what is going on 
And you get it. I'm so proud. Like the one way that Teresa consistently throughout their tenure on the show has tried to undermine and sabotage Melissa is throwing her sexual ad- sexuality in her face. Like this has nothing to do with Joe Gorga. This has to do with a past yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marital feud between Melissa and Teresa. That's crazy. Like she came up with this whole thing that Melissa was a stripper and she got the guy... <laughs> To appear on the show and be like, yeah, she was a stripper. She worked at this club. This season, there was the whole cheating thing where she's like, oh, my God, that was crazy. We saw you making out in the back of a car with someone. It's like, what? Yeah, really weird. But like, she's always, always, always trying to get Joe to believe that Melissa is cucking him in some way. Uh Uh-huh. It's not that Melissa's cheating. It's that Melissa is cucking you in some way by being so obsessed with Melissa is cucking Joe by being obsessed with Teresa? Yeah, like, actually, Joe doesn't take the cake. Teresa does. That's where all the attention is going. Yeah, that's how they got on the show was Melissa and Teresa. Because if Joe wasn't yep. married, he wouldn't have been able to get on the show. Because, mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like so. So in the you're saying maybe in a past life, Melissa and Teresa were married and married Melissa and Teresa, for whatever reason, believed Melissa was cheating on her. And mm-hmm. now she is psychotically obsessed with getting revenge on Melissa for this perceived transgression. It's exactly what I think. <laughs> yeah. Like it works. It literally works. And because Melissa's moon is conjunct Teresa's Jupiter, what that means to me is that Melissa's feelings and emotionality are quadrupled when brought to Teresa's attention. When I look at these charts, like, if Teresa, if Teresa was just like blindly jealous of Melissa because she's married to her brother, that's one thing. I think that Teresa thinks that Melissa is using her brother for status. Yes, 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 yes. She accuses her of that all the time in earlier seasons. Okay. She's like, you just wanted a rich guy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he shoplifts from Home Depot, allegedly. Like if she wanted a rich guy, she... She didn't find one. He ain't it. (laughs) No, he ain't it. So like Melissa's son is in Aries at zero degrees. She was born on an equinox. So she really is this like higher power coming in to balance out the siblings. She is the newbie in it. She is a voice of reason. She may, you know, sun conjunct Mercury in Aries, but It's interesting, like her Mercury is retrograde in her natal chart. So like, I actually think that part of what Melissa is doing is actually genuinely, even though she's an Aries, really thinking about things like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What's really going on? And I think she takes the time to understand. And then when she realizes, okay, fuck this. I'm married to this man. We're having maintenance sex three times a day, quote unquote. Right. But but then it, it strikes Teresa's Chiron. So when Melissa stands up for herself and her marriage, it triggers Teresa. So the way that their son and Chiron are, are connected, both of their sons correspond with both of their Chirons. It's crazy. Can you give us an example of where this, where would the Taurus sun energy in Teresa trigger melissa's chiron like give an example of like a a behavior that is very taurus sun and why that would drive a taurus chiron like melissa insane anything business anything business Hmm. so like the pizza ovens for example 
Teresa's like, yeah, we got the pizza ovens. They're in a warehouse in Lodi. And Melissa's going, what? Where's the money? Yeah. Melissa's Chiron in Taurus has her feeling wounded around and sensitive around and ultimately will be a healer around not feeling like they have the resources they need or like, where's the money or like, like the fact that even Teresa is a like tax criminal is triggering to Melissa because she's like, what? Yeah. 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 And also you can see that in, um, Melissa redoing her entire home because of how much social media shredded it apart. Right. Right, exactly. She's like, no, like Taurus is so home. It's such a homey sign. It's such a homey sign. And it's like the basic divine feminine. Like, it's actually interesting even in terms of thinking of the book that Melissa wrote, because it's sort of like from like a, you know, historical perspective, the divine feminine is sort of there to like please the man. So even her writing this book and and what is Taurus? Sex, sexuality, sensuality. Her writing this book of like, hey, take it when you don't want it for the sake of the relationship is so Chiron Taurus. Yeah, Chiron is ancient wound for just in case anyone doesn't know. Ancient wound that you are so plagued by that eventually, whether you like it or not, you have to address. And because you have to address it, it becomes your superpower. Yeah. So, okay, now tell me what does what does Melissa Aries son do that triggers Teresa's Aries Chiron challenges her sense of self and self-esteem completely. She's prettier. She's younger. She's cooler. She actually did win the affection of her quote unquote twin, not twin Joe. I think everything about Melissa's existence. But what about that is specifically Aries? Melissa's son in Aries connecting with Teresa's wound in Aries. Melissa is showing Teresa, you're not somebody who's self-assured with a lot of self-esteem. You are a product of your upbringing and you are nothing. Mm. You don't have a point of view other than what you were taught. And it's bullshit. She's challenging her sense of I am. When you have a, when you have a, oh, it's storming. Mm. New Jersey is storming as we discuss. When you have a Chiron in Aries natally, it means that your sense of confidence, your sense of identity, your sense of initiative, I am confident energy is challenged. Now, yeah, Teresa doesn't really know who she is other than who her husbands are, which are all freaking criminals with sort of similar birth charts are she gloms on to the men that she's married to yeah because i think chiron and aries she really actually doesn't know who she is and she she doesn't she hasn't really thought about like long term what her like strategy is going to be other than to at least be botoxed enough to keep getting married to men that are actually going to take care of a lot of the stuff that she's sort of like afraid that she's not smart enough and maybe she's not to take care of. I know. It's like, girl, marry a guy with a day job. You just have to marry a guy who goes into an office boringly every day. What an Aries Chiron. Like she loves that she thinks that she can blame her first husband for the crime. But she doesn't blame him. 
She doesn't blame him for anything. No, she does. In this episode, she says like, no, that was my ex-husband. They were like, you're a criminal. You did this. You did that. She said, no, that was my ex-husband. That was oh, my yeah, ex-husband. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how convenient. And then when you say, well, why do you have a, like, why are you still in go- on good terms with him? Like she uses him to blame when it helps her. And then like when it, when she needs to, I mean, yeah, she just gloms onto men kind of for her identity. Similar to Lily Rose Depp. Teresa is a Lilith rising in Scorpio. To me, what that means is like, she's using sex and fine, reject me. Lilith rising. And and I'm a Lilith rising myself. It's a little bit like after you get over the initial, like 30 years of being rejected for no fucking reason. And you really don't get it. You go the other way with it, where it's like, fine, who gives a fuck if you reject me? You've always been rejecting me for no fucking reason. Yeah. And I think that that's why she's a, a reality TV megastar because she's like, who gives a fuck? And that's why Lily Rose Depp is like, who gives a fuck if you don't like my first few episodes? Watch me sexualize you into submission. Yeah, the thing is, Teresa is the least self-aware person on planet Earth, which is what makes a great reality star. Just someone who is just, on autopilot doing them not thinking about what the audience is going to think like Teresa barely even I I don't think like if there's anyone who I actually would believe doesn't read her own press and doesn't read Twitter it would be Teresa because I just don't even think she has it in her to conceive of an opinion that isn't hers well and the irony of that though her Saturn like the lesson she has to learn is in Gemini, which not only is a lesson about partnership and mirroring and relationship, but about press. Yeah. Like, how about you do take other people's opinions into account, babe? Right. Like, if everyone thinks that you're the problem, I don't know. You might be the problem. You might be. It might be that all of society is, like, red-pilled against you for some reason. But let's take some time to think about what is most likely, you know? Mm-hmm. But I really think I, th- I I truly madly deeply think the crux of all of this is that it's a Chiron son to Chiron son connection. What I also think is interesting, even when I was listening back to the Scandaval episodes, it's like the fact that Chiron is so involved with Raquel's public image and Sandoval's way of being is so Chiron is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's really crazy. crazy. Like everybody would do themselves a favor, like literally just go on astro.com, plug in your birthday, find out where your Chiron is, because when you own your Chiron, like when you can actually go, yeah, that is my wound and I am working on it. And I really think thinking of it in terms of a past life paradigm is so helpful because it's just, it makes it way less personal. Chiron is the that's why it looks like a key it's the key to your psychosis and also your healing and moving on and moving on and when you do that work of healing and moving on you then become the guru or in my case the suru I don't understand still what an Aries Chiron really how that manifests it fucking fucks with your sense of self because Aries is so selfish if you're an Aries but you don't actually have the confidence or the belief in yourself to just go fucking fight for whatever you believe in or to just go like no like like 
Aries Chiron, and it's interesting too that you say that because Chiron has been in Aries for the last few years and continues to be. Oh my God, my Bay Bay is going to have Aries Chiron. I'll have to double check. Chiron will eventually move, but it's possible. Wow. Well, I'll check in a second, but it's like what we've been seeing is Chiron slowly moving through Aries through all of this you know, the plague and World War Three pending AI, we're all being challenged with that wound of like, okay, if it is the apocalypse, who are you in the apocalypse? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Are you okay? We really are being challenged on like, how confident are you? How strong do you? I am Molly. I am Sarah. I am tree hugger. I am Melissa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash space trash podcast. And and if you have any questions about Teresa, Melissa, or any of the housewives, let us know on the Patreon. Yeah, let us know on the Patreon. Put some comments and and uh, you know, whatever. That was helpful. I love that you uncovered that they were married in a past life. I think that was really important work. Yeah, yep. important work. <laughs> Join the Patreon. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming.